fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Wolfpack, what is going on? It is your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, here with your Week 8 Fantasy Recap, your Monday Market Report. We're going to go over all your risers, fallers, the early waiver wire of injuries, everything that you need to know from a crazy Week 8. We're already halfway done now, folks, with the fantasy season, which is insane. I cannot believe it, but here we are. We're ready to go into that second half of the season knowing everything you need to know, and we had ourselves a crazy one. I just want to make sure to pump that if you if you want to see all the content, this is only going to be six per category. If you want to see more risers, fallers, all that good stuff, make sure you download our Roto Street Journal app. Search RSJ or Roto Street Journal in your app store. Uh, also, you can find us at rotostreetjournal.com. And if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning into the audio fantasy fullback dive, repave your path to 2019 titles. But you want to join that live show every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. You can find us at Roto Street Journal, and we will be here to answer your questions. I'm already seeing my classics. We got Giuseppe, my guy. We got Austin Furster shouting it out like I love to see. Like and share. I appreciate that, my guy. Anyone tuned in that doesn't mind sharing this out, dropping any fantasy football groups that has been huge for us this offseason. Our following is rising every single time because of it so that's because we love you guys thank you so much for all that and if you're willing to then then by all means share it out and help us grow our audience let's get into what you want to know though let's get into our fantasy football takeaways from week eight we got to start at the top here with tevin coleman hopefully you listen to our daily fantasy podcast our DraftKings show we had ian harditz on and the one guy we pumped time and time again made me some money hopefully made you guys some money was tevin coleman 11 carries 105 yards one, two, three scores in addition to another score on the air. Four total touchdowns, 118 total yards. What an absolute monster. If you had Coleman, you probably won your matchup because he absolutely crushed it. So Coleman, great, absolute, I mean, at this point, I'm seeing him get described as an RB2. I'm seeing him described as a mediocre, you know, mid, mid-range mid guy. This guy's a low-end RB1, and anybody telling you otherwise, you got to go buy him because this offense is just churning, and they're without two of their top tackles. This offensive line's only going to improve. Kyle Juszczyk's only going to come back, and this run game's just going to be all that much better. We were saying how Jeff Wilson had multiple multi-TD days, uh, and now he... Um, Tevin Coleman finally had his multiple score day. He's so much better than him, and he looks so much faster than he's ever looked. Coleman is a beast, folks. Uh, if anybody's treating him lower than an RB1, because this offense is so gorgeous, that Kyle Shanahan zone-blocking scheme has always made monsters out of lesser talents, and Coleman's looking the best he ever has. Yeah, I get Breed is still there, but this is just a one-two man punch. There's not too many. We see it with the, you know, the Packers right now. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, a nice one-two punch as well. Uh, when you only have two guys, guys and they have pretty clearly defined roles you can get value this is not a committee of death and Tevin Coleman moving forward treat him as a low-end RB1 top 15 guy almost every single week uh, moving forward another guy that was not nearly as high on our radar I see some comments coming in that we'll make sure to reply to in a second 
David Montgomery uh, finally decided to show up to the 2019 season. Thanks for coming, David. Much appreciated. 135 yards and a touchdown on 27 carries. This is fresh off a day where he had two carries, four total touches that day. He comes in and gets 31. Now, Matt Nagy's been a real fucking asshole this entire season. You can't trust a word the guy says, but ultimately, you know, he promised he was going to finally get his, his rookie going, and he sure as hell kept good on his word, and Montgomery showed why. Tackle-breaking beast, or churning down the field, time and time again moving the chains. This offense ran through him. He was the engine, and I get they only put up 16 points, but they were that was as good as they've looked in a while. And we talked about coming into the season, Nagy always has preferred a workhorse. He comes with that Andy Reid system, which other than this year, has almost always fed a single back. We saw him with Kareem Hunt leading the league in rushing. So if you, by any means, were crazy enough to buy low on Montgomery, I mean, his value couldn't have been lower. I know people were even hate-cutting this guy just as early as last week. You have to feel great about him moving forward. Now, who knows if he's going to revert back to his old ways, Nagy, and get back to inconsistent usage. There's certainly that risk after he's been such a roller coaster all offseason. But right now, I feel great about Montgomery as a quality RB2 moving forward. A great day for him. Uh, what's going on? Just picked up Drake, says Jeremiah Moore. Good pickup. Going down to, you know, the the Cardinals this week, probably going to be the starter. Now he's facing the 49ers. Not a great matchup. We're going to cover all that, though, in a little bit. Thank you, Heggs. I, I look much better than I did Sunday morning. I don't think I could look much worse after that fucking night. Uh, holy hell, right there, Austin. I'm glad you enjoyed and appreciate that one. Oh, my God. I'm still, when you're, when you're like 30 years old and hungover, it's like three-day fest right now. I'm still, I'm glad I look better because I certainly don't feel all that much better. Uh, Jeremy Moore, remember when you recommend us to start Corey Davis? Oh, don't you worry, Jeremiah. I'll be getting to him, and I will be getting to him very soon. Uh, you just got to wait for that one because, holy hell, I'll get fired off the air if I keep going. Let's get into some positives here uh, and keep that rolling. One guy not on the menu I really want to mention is Jamal Williams. We'll get to him at the end, but before that, Mike Evans gets 11 out of 12 targets. Yeah, that in, that right there, just all you need to know, not only are the 12 targets, but he converted 11 of them. These were just leaping grabs, high degree difficulty, 50-50 balls, goes off for 198 yards, two TDs with Jameis Winston looking as shitty as ever. Mike Evans still was an unstoppable 40-point fantasy day force. And this was against the Titans too, one of the better teams giving up the six most points to wide receivers, so pretty limiting, and Evans just still goes in and gets it done. He has, of course, been boomer bust. He had a zero-point day and then gets a 40-point day, but the booms have been oh-so-worth it. So hopefully you had him in your lineup despite the tough matchup, and if you didn't, this is a glaring reminder that you ultimately have to have this guy locked in moving forward. He is too talented, too good at football. He's made Winston a worse quarterback because he just bails him out on every fucking throw. That's how good this motherfucker guy is. He he dominated all day. Didn't matter who was covering him. Their top guy, the double coverage, he was just ripping off huge chunk plays throughout the afternoon. Godwin obviously suffered a little bit in this, and he still remains, you know, that main guy. But with both guys over, you know, 1,500 yard paces right now, uh, you got to feel great about Mike Evans moving forward. Somebody else is in my CJ's in the document just d deleted Jamal Williams. Uh, apparently, I'm not allowed to talk about this guy for some reason. Uh, but Jamal Williams, before I forget and, and move on, he's got 17-plus points in like three straight weeks. He's got at least 100 yards or a score since returning from his concussion. That is a backfield. LaFleur, we talked about it coming into the season. It runs through two backs, and they scheme up so much volume that we called Jamal Williams a penny stock. I know how hideous it was, but he had that handcuff with benefits value, and he certainly 
has come through even more so than we could have ever expected. Flex moving forward that you can lock into your lineups in the right spots like the Chiefs, a pathetic defense because you saw what Aaron Jones did. Jamal Williams also had his own field day. What do you expect? He had to watch the Duck take him out to the woodshed this week. Fuck you, Duck. Uh, loser. Shut up. Just shut up. Hey, Ryan Harry, nothing like going into su- Sunday night up 39 points and waking up down 9. Guy only had Aaron Jones <laughs> need 11 points from Pitt D tonight. Isn't that the worst when you go to bed on Sunday night? Like, yeah, I'm in good shape. And then it's it's just a battering from Aaron Jones. What a night that guy had. What an absolute monster. He's on my team, so thank God I have him. Uh, and not, not the other way around. I have to avoid 39 points from James Conner tonight, which, you know, I guess Miami, you never know what could happen um, alrighty, Brandy Martin. Hey, hey, what's going on, Brandy? Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, let's get to our next guy. We got to cover here, Drew Brees. Looks like he didn't miss a single beat in his return to action. What an absolute carving fest for Drew Brees, going for over 370 yards, three scores, uh, and, and sure that thumb looks as healthy as it ever did. The offense has, you know, was good with Teddy Bridgewater, but didn't have those deep shots that we saw Breeze come right back in with that you know, patented just deep ball accuracy, hitting Ted Ginn, hitting obviously Mike Thomas just churning as he always does. Latavius Murray was a beast. This offense is deadly. It was deadly with Bridgewater, but then this was just a reminder, Breeze is still one of the best. He looked just as good as he ever has, and if you have him moving forward, you got to consider Breeze a top five quarterback. His schedule is cake too. Two matchups with Atlanta just waiting on the docket and plenty of other juice fests for this guy. So if you've been sitting and waiting on Drew Brees, good for you. You got yourself a monster down the stretch here. You got their bye this week, but obviously, as we said, you you put him in this week because they wouldn't play him in the bye. If not, I hope you listen because that guy was a beast. Drew Brees, feel great about him. Feel great about all your receivers moving forward out of New Orleans. But another guy just absolutely crushing it. Um, you know, not quite the pedigree of Drew Brees, but certainly got the arm strength as well. That's Matt Stafford. And the reason he's getting a bump up, I mean, fresh off a 25 out of 32 uh, completion rate, 342 yards, three TD day against the Giants. We knew he was going to kill the Giants, though. Galladay also benefiting greatly there. Six catches, 123, two scores. Uh, but what I put him on here for and why I like him so much, Matthew Stafford, is that defense blows. Now, Daryl Bevel comes in. He's more of a run-heavy guy. They were supposed to be a clock, you know, ground control style offense, but that defense has not allowed them to play Patricia's style of game. They are so bad. They trade Quandre Diggs away. Their Darius Slay is rumored to be on the block. He wants to get out of there from all accounts. That defense is going to remain completely shitty, which means Stafford's going to completely have to remain airing it out each and every week. So you got to love this performance. I get it was against the Giants, but his schedule, look at it moving forward. You pull up that matchup calendar on Fantasy Pros, one of my favorite tools. It's almost all green and yellow, the rare red every now and again in there, but awesome schedule coming up for Stafford. Kenny Galladay as well should eat well while all this is going on. I know Marvin Jones will blow up and and take away from Galladay every now and again, but you got to feel great about this entire passing game. When you came into the year, it was hideous. You didn't want to touch it, um, or, or I didn't at least, and now you look at it because that defense is just that bad. You can you can certainly stream these guys. 
Uh, dope shirt. Why you gotta copy me right now? Bryce says, "Is it? Are they the best, man? I love this material. Uh, feels great." If anybody else is out there, Bryce won our contest Thursday nights. You want the shirts? The only way to get them is to win our contest or come to our live shows. We're doing exclusive. Go- we've, we've deliberately avoided putting up a marketplace for right now because we want to keep this gear exclusive. It is dope. It is fresh, and I'm, I'm glad you're wearing it and enjoying it, Bryce. Um, what's going on, Austin? I appreciate the good luck, my friend. I, if, if freaking Connor goes off for 39 like Aaron Jones did last night, then I deserve to grab the ankles. What can you do? Right. Brandy, 7-1, 174 points. Would be over 200 if I had played Coleman. Uh, who'd you bench for, for Coleman? What an absolute beast. Let's not do that one moving forward. Uh, but last but not least on our risers list, Certainly in terms of pure risers, one of the bigger guys up the board. It was only on six touches, so I don't want to go insane yet. But Miles Sanders looks as explosive as we were hoping to see all season. Three carries, rips up 74 yards, and a score on that. And then also rips up a a receiving TD on 44 yards uh, on three catches. So a total of 118 yards on just six touches. That's insane. Nearly 20 yards per touch. Two scores. Uh, The guy was a beast all afternoon with Sproles out, with Coleman out. He's locked down that receiving role, but now getting those carries and looking as good as he has. He did exit with a shoulder injury, but he's not going to miss any time. Uh, They're going to be careful with him during the week, but this guy is healthy. He's explosive as he's ever looked. So Miles Sanders, I've seen him getting cut in leagues, only you know 70% owned, so check your league, see if this guy got cut, because I get he was frustrating, but down the stretch, a pretty clean schedule for this guy, um, and could have a beastly stretch run if he continues to get more and more work. This again was six touches, you got to imagine he put enough on tape, Howard did look good too, but you got to imagine Sanders, his role is just going to continue to grow, great week for both your rookies. Let's get to some of your comments, some of your questions. I see we only got three likes so far. Uh, come on, guys. I know you, you. maybe it slipped your mind, but give me a like. Give me the, the good news that we're, we're doing okay for you. Or give us the angry face if we're pissing you off. That's fine. But give us some sort of reaction. And if you don't mind sharing it, as Austin commented, and I appreciate that again, my guy, uh, any shares, any drops in any fantasy football groups you're in, it means the world to help us get discovered. Was down 65 points going into Sunday night, came back 7 Isn't that the best when you had those fucking great comebacks, Austin? I'm guessing you had Aaron Jones, maybe you had Kelsey too. Let me know who you had that was your savior. Who was your hero from Enrique Iglesias? Uh, Matt Duckworth, 10-11 air yards for the season on Evans. Absolutely feasting. Just eating air yards after air yards. Moved him down to the bottom of the list where he belongs. What are you talking about, CJ? I'm fucking no. Oh, Corey Davis, is that what you're talking about? Who knows? Ayo, Pat James, what do you think of Rex Burkhead's value rest of the season? I don't see much of it. Uh, I mean, again, maybe every now and again, he's going to have himself, you know, a, a TD here and there. He's decent at the goal line. He's versatile. But without an injury to Sony or James White, which is, again, very plausible with Sony. He's got a, a very extensive injury history. Until that happens, I don't think you're ever going to be able to use Rexy Burkhead. Aaron Jones, winner, winner. Yes, Brandy, what a stud that guy is. Galladay's fourth in the league in air yards. Duckworth just tossing out air yards left and right. I love it. Keep coming with those advanced analytics, my dude. Uh, he's converted 60% of those air yards. He has 32% market share of the air yards. Absolute beast. I love that, Duck. Uh, sounds like someone needs to write a stock watch on Galladay and Stafford. 
Looking at you, my man. Uh, we love our Pat Stafford. <laughs> seriously, that nerd. <laughs> I love it. Uh, fucking Edmund, seriously. Oh, that's who you benched for Coleman? Come on. I wish you had asked us. I think we would have probably given it. Uh, maybe we didn't. You probably did ask us. But I, I did love Coleman coming into the day. Uh, still, the fact that you put up 174 with Edmonds in your lineup, I put up you know 160 with fucking Corey Davis's crap ass. Uh, and speaking of all that, Sat OBJ, I know I remember that Austin for uh, Tyrell Williams, if I'm not mistaken, right? Another riser, and you can find him in the stock watch later this week. I love Tyrell Williams. Again, touchdown every single week this guy's played. What a beast he has been for the Raiders uh, since Antonio Brown departed. What a stud. Absolute stud. Let's go to the followers, though. The less, uh, we saw Chase Edmonds, the angry face, the rage. Uh, it's all deserved. What a absolute bag of shit. Combined in the last two weeks, if you own DJ and Edmonds, you've gotten yourself a robust 2.7 points in fantasy over two weeks from this backfield. What a nightmare. You've got from a top like six locked-in workhorse in David Johnson to now a just situation that just tops all types of hell. It's been awful, awful, awful. And then they go and trade for Kenyon Drake, one of my favorite running backs that I think is one of the more misused guys in the league. Um, so now it gets even muddier. Edmonds himself, we'll talk about him a little bit later, has an injury that he's dealing with. So ultimately that clears up a little bit of, of this uncertainty. They're saying uh, David Johnson, as of you know just 20 minutes ago, was dated A, according to Cliff Kingsbury. But mm, I mean, who knows? It seems like against the 49ers, I'd rather him just sit and have you know two full weeks of just rest uh, coming into the bye. Maybe you do a little bit much more. Link Clegg asking, what the fuck do I do with DJ? I know. It's an absolute nightmare. But I'd hold strong. What are you going to do? Sell them for bare minimum, bare bottom bones? Like, you got to just hold strong and hope this guy can command a quality share. Now, granted, one thing I don't hate is if they do more two-back sets. We saw them starting to do that with Edmonds. And what happened in the, the aftermath was David Johnson's workload as a receiver. He goes into the slot. And he started dominating target share. He was their leading receiver for a couple weeks in a row, playing more of that type of role. I don't hate that at all. If they're using him and Drake at the same time, uh, which you can, they're both versatile, both nice pass catchers. I think Drake is a very intriguing fit. If he was dropped in your leagues, go in and scoop him right now. He's probably eligible to be picked up. Definitely an intriguing fit. Going to get all the work against San Fran. I don't think I'd use him this week. But yeah, it's gone from a clear-cut, defined, no-questions-asked workhorse to what the fuck are we doing here? You just got to hold strong. There's a tough slate of games. These next four games, then it's a bye. Then the schedule eases up. So if you're in a decent position to just like toss something out to a frustrated David Johnson over, maybe you know Tyler Boyd or some garbage that you, you can just buy him as low as possible, why not just stash him and see what happens? But if I have David Johnson, he's sitting on my pine until this situation gets a little more clarity. Speaking of Johnsons who suck an immense amount of penis... Fucking die, Johnson. Hopefully you listen to us because if you came to the show last week, we told you, hold that fab. Uh, you don't, you know, Ty Johnson It's not the one to blow everything on. I know in my league, Dave Mock, nice move, dude. 65 free agent dollars thrown down on this guy. What an absolute moron. Just so you could watch him do what? Seven carries for 25 yards and a 13-yard reception absolute disaster this guy was. He lost carries. It was almost doubled up in carries by Trey Carson. Whoever the fuck Trey Carson is. Trey Carson? I don't even know his fucking name. Whatever this dude is, outcarried your prized possession, folks. Ty Johnson. Now, granted, I expected, you know, Jay Ajayi or CJ Anderson or someone else, big name to be the guy to come in. But the fact that 
Tra Carson was the one to, to outcarry this guy and become the lead back here. Does not bode well for Ty Johnson's future. I would immediately cut him unless you, there's nothing out there. There's no reason to roster him. McKissick comes on in for a few catches. Uh, I think even Paul Perkins had a few snaps in there. You're looking at a three to four headed nightmare where they could still make a move at running back. Why would you ever trust Ty Johnson moving forward? Roster trash. You can definitely get rid of him. A guy that's been slowly killing lineups uh, ever since week three. You know, started the season, looked like he was going to be the focal point of the air raid offense. Ooh, that vaunted air raid, really getting deep. What a miss that was. Uh, even though Kyle Murray's been okay in fantasy, just certainly not a system that we expected. But the guy that looked like the engine for quite some time was Larry Fitz. Uh, almost had a touchdown, which makes it that much worse. But this guy has not found the end zone or surpassed 70 yards since week three. It looked like he was rolling a steady you know, wide receiver two that you could depend on. And he hasn't topped you know, six fantasy points over these last five games. He's been a lineup killer, and a lot of people continue to use him because the matchup's ripe. You put him in the slot, he's versatile, you move him all over the place. I love old man Fitz. I love what he's done uh, throughout his career, but geez, this was painful. Two catches, eight yards, 1.8 and half PPR. Just a brutal day, a lineup killing day if you had him in there. Uh, moving forward, at best a wide receiver, four or five for bye weeks. You could probably get by with cutting him if you really need to. And meanwhile, Christian Kirk getting 11 targets. Uh, so just, again, rubbing in the fact that this is no longer Fitz's offense. Kirk returns and immediately takes over that number one target hog role. So Fitz moving forward. You can't feel good about uh, what you saw here. Philip Lindsay. We'll get to your comments in one sec, folks. I see a bunch that I cannot wait to respond to. Uh, but Philip Lindsay, 59 yards, scoreless. What has happened to him? The goal line roll has gone to back-to-back weeks to Royce Freeman, who's definitely among the risers. And if Lindsay's going to lose that, he wasn't getting tons of receiving work that had become uh, Royce Freeman's role. Now if Freeman's getting receiving and goal line touches, what's the, what's left for Lindsay? I think he's the better back. I think he's the more explosive player. I think he could fit this zone-blocking scheme to perfection. But if he's playing that clear second fiddle to Royce Freeman, let's say that one more time, Royce Freeman is outplaying him and out uh, out using him for those valuable fantasy touches. Lindsay cannot really be trusted as anything more than a low end flex option, and that sucks because I love the player. I loved him coming into the year, but ultimately he is not getting the usage anymore when he's losing those goal line touches to to warrant a must start type of status. So ultimately, you know, Philip Lindsay ugh, falls to, to low end flex, probably right around my like 70s on my overall big board. I don't feel great about him. And now as Jeremiah alluded to, hmm, I might need a couple deep breaths before this one. Whew, Corey motherfucking Davis. Are you kidding me? What a complete an utter bag of motherfucking shit. I would spit on you. I would slap you across the face. You are the worst player in the league. Every time I try to trust you, you fucking go and just... Ugh, I cannot stand him. I am the stupid one that actually went back to this guy after trashing him all summer about how he's the worst player in the league. And he is. He is. He's a fucking complete useless bag of mulch. Uh, worse than mulch. Worse than dirt. Worse than a worm. Whatever the hell you want to fucking think of. I cannot stand him, Corey Davis. 
Oh, but it's my fault for going to him. I trashed him all offseason. Of course, it's my karma to have this guy uh, just blow up in my face. 1.9 in a beautiful matchup where Tannehill throws three touchdowns. Corey Davis involved on none of them. Oh, my God. A lineup breaker. I cannot wait beyond anything in my life right now. I'm looking forward to hate-cutting Corey Davis tomorrow. It is going to feel unbelievably good. You know, Ryan Tannehill certainly is not going to be the one unlocking Corey Davis because all you're unlocking is a treasure trove of dog mess. Complete useless bag of dirt. I, I don't know how many other ways I can say it. I'm probably just repeating myself in blind rage. I can't keep talking about him. I got to move on to Terry McLaurin before I just throw up all over myself, all over this fucking, ugh, Corey Davis. Ugh. Terry McLaurin. A guy I do love, a guy that dominated, a guy that actually has a semblance of talent and far beyond it, but only gets four catches for 39 yards all in the first half while Case Keenum was playing because Dwayne Haskins sucks. CJ, if you're tuned in still, Dwayne Haskins sucks. OSU boy sucks. He is horrendous. He doesn't even know the playbook, and it's week eight. It's midway through the season. The guy hasn't studied enough to know his playbook. He had to get called out by AP. And that's why Terry McLaurin's a faller. He was roasting Xavier Rhodes time and time again, all night long, wide open. Multiple deep shots could have been hit. And when you're hoping for Case Keenum, you know your situation's bad. So ultimately, McLaurin, if, you know, his, his status is tied to Case Keenum, which again, the more I say that, the sicker I get. But that's how bad Haskins is. And the fact that you're in that tar- terrible of a situation, the offense has become obviously significantly more run-heavy under Bill Callahan with AP just turning back the clocks right now. That all means McLaurin has gone from, you know, 15 to 16 to 20 even weekly points to now, you know, is this guy going to hit? You got to obviously have Keenum there to trust him. He has a tough matchup this week facing, I believe, Chicago. Uh, McLaurin, though, oh, God, uh, no, Buffalo Bills, sorry. Um, Just, it sucks because this guy has the talent. He's been getting wide open, but surrounding talent is a huge part of that equation for fantasy value. And right now, as as long as Keenum is hurt, he's not going to have that. I uh, love to hear that 187-171 final winning a fucking barn burner like that is the GOAT. Uh, Link Clay, I heard, hope we covered uh, David Johnson sufficiently for you, but let me know if you have more questions about him. What's going on, Jimmy? Welcome to the show. Cooking dinner and watching your hubs playing COD. But he has Connor tonight and down 28. You think he can pull it off? Brandy, I, I root for you. I root for the hub. But ultimately, I'm facing Connor, and if he gets 38, I lose. So I hope to God Connor doesn't. Or 28's fine. Just don't get to 38 for the love of God, James Connor, please. But yeah, against Miami, I mean, didn't Connor have like, what, 27 last week? Uh, so the guy can absolutely get it done in this complete cream puff matchup. Trade Murray to the Kamara owner or hold on to him? Uh, I mean, it depends what the price is. At this point, I could definitely see you selling him. You know Kamara should be back in Week 10, but we're seeing right now why we raved so much about Murray coming into the year. Because if and when anything happens to Kamara, you're getting yourself a bonafide, locked-in, no-brainer RB1 each and every week. Uh, the guy is an absolute monster. That backfield has consistently, since Sean Payton took over, at least every single year, 40% of the touches have gone to running backs, but ultimately it's hovered more around 50 to 60. It's usually it's been split. It's been, it's been a 
a you know timeshare. But when one guy takes over, as Latavius Murray has had the chance to, you saw the results each and every week. A great bet for thirty points whenever he's the lead guy. So. Can you hold him? Absolutely. Who knows if Kamara's ankle will flare up. Uh, But if you're going to get great value for him after he's had these two games, he could definitely be a great sell high at this point too. So let me know what type of offers you might be getting, but I would not be opposed uh, to selling him. Jimmy, I know you need one of the shirts, but you got to win it. We don't don't hand these things out, baby. You have to win the contest. You got to come down to a live show. Our next one will be November 11th in Beverly, Mass. Uh, So you guys come on down if you want the gear. We do not post it at all. Um, Carson worth a stash Uh, Trey Carson we're going to get to him in a second let's actually get to the waiver wires he's on our list there Austin it's a great question Uh, ultimately just to answer you and kind of get ahead right here I don't think you have to I just think it's a three-headed nightmare Um, but he was the carry leader so he is worth mentioning again 12 of the the carries but just doesn't have any semblance of talent. I really think this is going to become the, the Matt Stafford show here down the stretch with that defense as bad as it looks. That's why I've become a huge fan of Stafford for the stretch run. Before we get to waiver wires, again, just pause to quickly pump up. If you don't mind giving this a like while you're tuned in, if I can answer your questions or have helped you at all, the likes help us get discovered even more so. Any shares or drops in any Facebook Live or other groups that you don't mind sharing with, it's been so instrumental to our growth. I look forward to talking with you guys every Monday. And it's just, we're already at 54 comments for a Monday. That might be a record. We've had, you know, 100 on our last rankings. You guys have made this a great season of growth. And I appreciate it. So any more help you guys can give us with that is always, it always means the world. Uh, So thanks so much. And of course, if you want the app, uh, RSJ, Roto Street in your app store or rotostreetjournal.com slash stockwatch for more content. All right, let's get to a couple more questions here and then we'll get into these waiver wires as you see the list there. Wolf, uh, what's up? Seamus, good to see you. What the fuck fits? I know, doesn't he suck Jimmy Bridges? What an absolute bag of crap. Christy India, Wolfie Wolfie, Clams 8-0. That's what I love to hear, my dude. My RB2 situation is getting sketchy. It's between the Band-Aid, Breida, and Jamal Williams. Well, as I mentioned at the top here, I think Williams could be a serviceable, especially in your league, 14-teamers, India. The guy is getting enough weekly volume. He's hit 100 yards or a score every single week he's been back. And that's the LaFleur trademark. We, when we broke him down earlier in this offseason, we, we talked very, very clearly about how, you know, just like Sean Payton we just raved about, 40 to 50% of his offense funnels through the running backs. It's often a committee, but it, it goes through the backfield. And clearly, Jamal Williams is a weekly fixture. He looks, you know, especially as a pass catcher, I mean, some of these plays he's making have been very, very legit. That was LaFleur's calling card, just like... Uh, um, Sean McVay, merging the pass and the, the run games so you have no idea what's going on with your backs, motioning them all over the place. We've seen it to perfection. These two backs are fitting it perfectly. So I actually really, I mean, that's a whole long-winded answer, but I don't hate Jamal Williams at all moving forward. I breathe is a little sketchier the way that, that Tevin Coleman's playing. I also have Ronald Jones and Rex. Think I need to make a move rolling out Mike Evans, Reek, and Diggs with some depth behind them. I mean... If you got the depth to pull it off, then yeah, make make a move. You know, if you can package a Brita in a, a Diggs and get yourself a horse, then then go for it. Because yeah, I mean, I, I would love having Jamal Williams. I think he's serviceable, but 
I, I wouldn't also sell your, your soul to get one when you're 8-0, you're sitting pretty. Like Clearly it's working, so you don't want to shock that fantasy locker room with an unnecessary move and have your team suddenly like, revolt on you. Should I drop Ty Johnson from Mark Walton PPR? Giuseppe, do it and do it now. Let's get to Mark Walton here. I'll tell you why. Mark Walton, only 32% owned. He's going to be that lead back because Kenyon Drake has been removed, folks. Drake was over half the snaps, was the lead guy. Uh, but Walton has slowly and steadily started to climb and take over, at least as the touch guy, um, and made a, a near-even timeshare. But now at this point, who's left? Kalen Bolage. You can see the throw come up in my mouth, as I mentioned. Kalen Bolage. Oh, disgusting. Uh, so Drake's departure definitely opens up significant work for Walton, who's already been cited as a three-down threat by his coaches, a guy that can shoulder the entire load. Nothing special, clearly. He's, I mean, he was a third stringer on the Bengals last year. Uh but ultimately, volume can be king, at least especially in bye weeks. I get that the run game has been nothing because the Dolphins' line is pathetic. But he is, as long as he's getting those pass game touches, that's not Bellage's specialty. Bellage will come in for a goal line plunge here or there. But you're looking at probably 70% of the work right now, even if that's in one of the worst offenses we've ever seen in our entire lives, that is valuable. And now look even more so at the schedule. The fantasy playoffs, Mark Walton faces the Jets, sixth most points, Giants, fifth most points, and Bengals, first most points. The absolute dreamboat, easiest schedule for any running back. Uh, so ultimately, whether this guy is talented or not, when you're getting that type of volume and that type of matchup, you have to feel solid about Mark Walton moving forward. After him, a guy that I've talked about probably 35 fucking times on this podcast. Alex Madison, only 24% owned still. He rushes 13 times for 61 yards, and this was with like multiple 30-yarders called back on the guy for holding. Uh, he also gets two catches for three additional yards. Now, granted, none of that's moving too many needles. You know, seven points in your flex. You're not really relying on that because you never know when the volume's going to come. It comes in garbage time when they're you know pounding out a team, hammering it at home. He has become that closer. And, of course, Dalvin Cook, season for the ages, purple Jesus, my good God, I have nightmares that I passed on him for Joe Mixon, still haunts my dreams every single night, Mixon, decent day this week, With regardless, won't ever be Dalvin Cook this year, uh, but still... But you can't just sit here and pretend that Dalvin Cook doesn't have a sketchy injury history. He's missed significant time in his first two years. I'm not saying I want anything bad to happen. Of course I don't. I love what he's doing. He's on pace for 2,200, over 2,200 yards and 18 touchdowns, maybe even 21. I forget the exact touchdown pace, but it's insane. It's a season for the ages right now but it could end in the blink of an eye. So if you own Dalvin Cook and you don't have Madison, you deserve to lose your handcuff to someone else. And you, if you Madison's sitting out there and Dalvin Cook's owner doesn't happen, you deserve to punish him because this guy would be a stretch run hero. The schedule down the road here for the Vikings is a joke beyond all jokes. So the zone blocking scheme, Madison is no Dalvin Cook, but its scheme is working so well. Madison has shown a great fit in this. He's got the vision. He's got the burst. He's breaking tackles. So ultimately, if Madison became that lead back, it's one of the most run-heavy attacks in the league, he would be a low-end RB1 every single week anytime he's making a start. And that is well worth rostering, well worth holding on to. Um, and against Kansas City, so bad against the run, maybe you can even fire him up for your flex this next week. Uh, I'm going to get to your questions in one second. Let's hit Darren Fells, who almost ruined my fantasy Sunday. Uh, but thankfully, Aaron Jones, 
grab me from the, the depths of hell and and carry me up. But Darren Fells, 19% owned at one of the hardest positions to find something reliable. That's tight end. Cuts all six of his targets, 58 yards and two scores. He seems to be coming that broken play, you know, when when Watson's scrambling, when he's down, has his eye poked out, he's just trying to find his big body, and that's Darren Fells. He chucks it up, and Fells continually has been coming down with it. Uh, ultimately, without Fuller in the lineup, he's starting to carve out more and more and more of a snap share. Uh, he's got multiple two-score days over his last three games. Um, so ultimately, yeah, I get, I get it's touchdown dependent. I get there's another tight end there, uh, Akins, that has gotten some random love, some random big games. But this is Fells. Fells is the top guy, no doubt about it at this point. This is a high-powered offense with a need for weapons after Fuller has left. So Fells becoming that every-down guy, becoming such a red zone force, and that broken-down play guy for Deshaun Watson. At 20% owned, you could do a whole lot worse at your tight end than Darren Fells. Let's get to some of your questions, folks. Uh, Giuseppe Russo, should I drop? Oh, yeah, we just answered that one. Do it. I totally agree. What's up with Jay Williams? Uh, hopefully, we, we ended up getting you that one. Dan Howland, I appreciate that so much. I, I love you guys for, you know... I, I don't need you guys to praise me, but when you do, it doesn't hurt by any means. It makes me feel great, and I'm happy that I've helped any of you guys up. Let it rip, Wolf. Tear up, Davis. Mulch. Yeah, Mulch is generous for that fucking bag of dirt. Oh, my God, I can't eat. Six targets. Yeah, exactly, Duck. Like You're the you're the biggest supporter of Corey Davis ever. That's why I almost fired you from staff. Uh, oh, God, I can't. He fills me with so much disturbing amounts of rage, like more than... Any, anybody has in my entire life, I think. Uh, in, in case you didn't hear the horror story, Corey Davis last year, I owned him, you know, six-round pick, whatever. Every week I started him, awful. You know, what we saw, 1.9 this week, that was his, his typical floor, typical ceiling too. And then I'd bench him, he'd get 35. And so I finally was like, fuck this guy, I cut him, I hate cut his ass, deservedly so. And what happens? My fucking buddy picks him up. He, Corey Davis has the game against the Patriots where he lights it up for 40-something points or some stupid, ridiculous shit only because I cut him and he was just getting against me. He's just like the killed my entire season. Whenever I used him, he ruined my lineup. Whenever I faced him, he destroyed me. And he was always on my bench just teasing me when I owned him. Just a fucking piece of, oh, shit, awful. The smelliest of dumps. Corey Davis, steaming, beaming, awful dump um, right there. Well, tell me a successful OSU QB. I'll wait. <laughs> Doc, I, I wonder if uh, CJ has any type of uh, comeback to that one. Um, CJ somehow not a top fan, too. What a loser. Uh, Rob Moreno, I'm going to win this week despite McLaurin underperforming. Hopefully Keenum comes back. I'm with you, dude. I, I had McLaurin in, too. 5.9 seemed like he was off to a nice day, and then Keenum loses. We, we, we need Keenum back beyond any belief. Uh, what would you... Would you stay put with your roster being 7-1 and use waiver for flex when need be? Have some more big buys coming up, but don't want to trade if I don't absolutely need to? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to help anyone else out. So don't trade unless you, you're you getting the better end of the deal. Now, granted, Austin, it's all about winning in the playoffs. So it's time to start if you're in that great of shape, 7-1, 8-0. Now's the time to take a little bit of a look ahead. A great tool on, I think it's fftoolbox.com where you can filter out the playoff games. I also love matchup calendar by uh, Fantasy Pros. If you look at weeks 14, 15, 16, who has those cake matchups? Who might you be able to sneak in, find a, a guy that needs to win now, prey upon the people that need bi-week replacements, and will sell you 
you know, these studs that are on by just for someone to fill in because they cannot stomach a loss. So yes, I don't like trading and and helping people out when I don't have to, but it's also the wolves truly pounce when people are on, are down for their bye weeks. They pounce and get those playoff, uh, you know, the best playoff schedules. And we can definitely do an article uh, moving forward. Doc, I feel like you're great at strength of schedule. So feel free if you want to help lead the charge on that. Um, I I do love making moves to, to, bolster my roster for a playoff and prey upon the people with injuries or bye weeks needs uh, to get somebody else. What's er- what Ertz do I with? Uh, what's Ertz do I with? I, what do I do? What do I with Ertz? What's his trade value? I think you're asking what do I do with Ertz, says Dan Howland. And I'd be pretty nervous at this point because one, uh, the volume's not there. We knew it was going to go down, but I didn't think we could have ever predicted it'd go down this much. But the main reason it's gone down so much is Dallas Goddard is an actual monster. This guy is playing like a man among boy, breaking tackles, scoring every single week. Like him and Ertz are neck and neck in terms of who they can be, owned, you know, which one to use each and every week. Uh, so ultimately, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tricky to trust Ertz. You, you got to because it's Zach Ertz. And I would... His trade value has got to be close to nothing right now, Dan. Like, uh, who would be out there trying to buy Ertz? So I would. It'd be real hard to sell him right now for complete bare minimum, complete bottom barrel price. You, you never want to sell low, but if somebody out there is like, "Yeah, uh, I still like Ertz. I want him as a throw-in," then yeah, maybe. Sneller Bellage tonight asked Jimmy Parsons. You are in a tough spot, my friend, but I'd go Snell. Uh, one, just because Connor continues to get knocked out of every single game he plays. But two, I can see them getting up so big against Miami that it becomes, let's see our, what our backup can do um, and how we feed the, you know, let's see what Snell's made of. I could definitely see this being a Snell night. I think he got, what, 16, 17 carries last time. Bellagia, he maybe falls into the end zone. He's done it a couple times in a row now. But Snell, better player, uh, better bet to get more consistent volume. And that's even with Drake out. Eileen Snell, but whew, good luck. How do you enter the contest, Austin? Uh, th- every Thursday we post a matchup. Uh, you can find it on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. I, I know you find us on Facebook here, and you got to get all five of them right. So, you know, what's this week? The Cardinals versus San Fran. So it'll be, you know, Kyle Murray versus Jimmy Garoppolo. You got to get that one right. Then it'll be, you know, Dante Pettis versus a trash can because the trash can is more valuable to anybody else's life. Uh, but ultimately, you got to pick the five matchups we, we go with and get them right, and we'll, we'll mail you a shirt if you get those right. Or come visit, my man. Come on down. Uh, you know we'll have a great time. Anybody that's been to the events has always loved them. Um, how do I enter? So, yeah, that, there's that. Let's get through the rest of these. I'm going to get to yours, Anthony, in one second, but I want to cover these guys. Chris Conley. I want to make sure to get a wide receiver on here. We got tons of running backs and tight ends, and that's the you know the four. What I love to do at this point of the year is stacking up running back after running back. Thing of injuries, but if you need a wide receiver, streamy, uh, streamy, ooh, streamy time. Chris Conley, three percent owned, catches four of seven targets for 103 yards and a score. Most of that a 70 yard bomb. But we've seen him and Minshew make some magic. He kind of disappeared for a little bit. Uh, but his last two weeks, 186 total yards. Uh, so he's really starting to come out of his shell. And moreover, D.D. Westbrook, as we'll cover in the injuries, gets knocked out and is looking questionable at best for a matchup against the Texans in London. One of the worst secondaries in the league gets routinely dusted deep. 
Conley could be a great flex or wide receiver three streamer this week. Uh, whether or not Westbrook plays, I mean, obviously the volume could be even higher if Westbrook sits with that shoulder injury. But e- even if not, Conley has shown this nice rapport with uh, with Minshew. We know that uh, you know, uh, DJ Chark is that number one. But still, Chris Conley has been looking really good. He's explosive. We wrote about him all preseason because he was just crushing it. I uh, can't. So Chris Conley, if you're desperate at wide receiver, definitely a guy uh, that you can look at moving forward. Let's get to our last two guys, Jonu Smith, having himself a day. One of my DraftKings recommendations. If you listen to us on DraftKings, our Thursday night show, if you play DraftKings and you haven't been listening, we've literally hit the money three straight weeks. Uh, so start tuning in, folks, because we'll we'll help you win some money. Of course, now that I say that, I'll jinx it. Knock on wood here. Uh, but Jonu Smith, our must-stream tight end, catches 6 of 7 targets, 78 yards, and a score, 18 DraftKings points for $2,800 uh, um, there. But it was the it was the usage that we really loved. He was clear-cut the number one weapon for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he was going on 50-50 balls. He was going in the red zone. He was ripping yards after the catch. The guy is a athletic freak, as we've always raved about. Um, and... Came down with a beautiful five-yard touchdown. Had multiple other huge chunk gainers. And whenever Delaney Walker's out, now he's up to now 142 yards over his two games. Has gotten 10 targets across those slates uh, and nine catches over those. So uh, given how bad tight end is this year, if Delaney Walker's injury remains, and even if not, it seems like Jonu might take over anyways. But this is a tight end that you could definitely stream most weeks. Uh, a decent schedule coming up. For all positions here. Uh, last but not least, and again, we have we're gonna have more waiver wire articles, uh, more guys to pick up and check out. Uh, but last but not least, and we'll get to your questions on some injuries. Uh, I wanted to make sure to highlight Cam Newton, only forty one percent owned, uh, so could very well be out in your league. I get if you owned him, you recognize how shitty he was. But Cam wasn't healthy. He hasn't been healthy for like two seasons now, and the fact that they're waiting till he is one hundred percent set and ready to go tells me we were going to get the the, the best of Cam Newton when he comes back. Um, the, you know, he couldn't throw the ball. His shoulder was ailing. He wasn't running. We need Cam Newton to be mobile, running, and chucking deep balls. And when he was hampered, he couldn't do any of those three. The reason I put him on this list, uh, <clears throat> the calendar, the schedule coming up, Tennessee and Green Bay, the next two matchups, not great. You know, Kyle Allen's going to be playing that Tennessee one. Green Bay it might still be Kyle Allen. But after that, Listen to this gravy train. Atlanta, first most points. New Orleans, eighth most points. Washington, ninth most points. Atlanta, first most points. Seattle, 14th. Indy, 17th. New Orleans, eighth. That is a juice bomb schedule if I've ever heard of one. So Cam Newton, fully healthy with a great complement of weapons. If he can get that ball finally figured out and he starts running again, those five to six-week stretches could be monstrous. So forward-thinking owners, consider stashing Cam Newton. Alrighty, folks, that's the waiver wire. I'm going to pull up the injuries, but I'm not going to go into them because you guys have some questions that I need to answer. So let's get to them. Uh, how do I we answer that? Missed about DJ. So just a summary, Anthony, like what the fuck is going on is, a, is the first question you got to ask yourself. Uh, Chase Edmonds gets hurt, so I guess that clears up a little bit of that. Uh, one less mouth to feed for the next few weeks. But ultimately, Kenyon Drake comes in, a, a great player, a guy that I really like as a talent. And uh, I would still be holding strong on DJ if I own him. At this point, 
why would you sell? You're going to be selling cheap. And if I didn't own him and his owner was desperate right now, I'd toss in a few offers to see how cheap I could get him for. Because even though I'd like Drake, I think he's a great player. I really see this becoming a two backfields, you know, two backs style of offense where you know Jonathan lines up in the slot and they use him to that receiving fullest. Him and Drake, you can do so much mismatch with those two guys that I think long term he's going to be okay. I don't see this as a season killer for him, but you know maybe they just rest him these next two to three weeks. They had their buy in four weeks, a tough four games until then. Then the schedule really softens up for DJ. So I'm looking at week 13 might be the next time he's in my lineup. But he's still worth holding because he was such a top five absolute monster. Dan, I'm glad you got the app. I appreciate that. Anyone else out there, feel free to toss it in. Link Clegg. Parker scores five tonight to get the dub. I mean, you can never count on Parker for anything other than just blowing when you need him the most. But that being said, he's got double digits in three straight games. Seems like Fitzmagic loves him. So I hope you get it, Link Clegg. Best of luck to you, my friend. Uh, I hope you get it. Much appreciated, man. Dive into the content and win your league. There you go. I love it, Matt Duckworth. Start filling that thing with some content, my dude. I'm no fool. Got Madison Cup in my purple. Jesus, there you go, uh, Rob Moreno. Get your little baby blanket there, your safety net. Uh, you you got to have it. I'm, I'm fully aboard that. Um, Austin Furster. I didn't get Murray for or Williams for my handcuffs, but I do have Madison. Good. There you go. Uh, totally got to have that that Madison handcuff. That you know, if devastation strikes, it's well worth owning. Fells has been getting lots of opportunities the last three weeks. He's converted 14 receptions into 154, two TDs, and 74 yak. That's a, that's a good stat there. That yak. I, I like that duck. Thanks for tossing that in there. Tight end pool. Uh, to target in this crap hole t- tight end pool this season. Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's totally worth picking up. And I think Goddard, uh, there we go. Goddard doubling Ertz's production the last few weeks. Balling out since been coming back. Sell Ertz now. Pivot to Fells or someone like John who can get a good piece along the side of them. I mean, yeah, if you can sell, if anyone's going to buy Ertz, then sell him. I just don't think you're going to get the offers you want. I'll have to pay attention. I'm down. I'll mail you some venison as well. I love it. And if I travel, good chance we'll both end up. <laughs> I love it, Austin. I'm trying to avoid that uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, but yes, McStreamy, I'll see myself out. <laughs> nice. Well done. I'm up by 10. He has Juju. What do you think, says Michael? Oh, man. Against the Dolphins, I think Juju should be most likely getting his. That being said, is it full PPR? Is it standard? Uh, Juju's been quietly like decent, and people aren't recognizing it because it's not your wide receiver one, the guy that you you thought you were getting at the end of round one. A lot of people are you know not recognizing the fact that this guy's been a top twenty five wide receiver two out of his three weeks with Mason Rudolph. He's still sturdy. Uh, I think he's definitely a good bet to find the end zone against the Dolphins. So I hope for your sake he doesn't. I'm not facing him, so I, you know, it means nothing to me. I don't own him anywhere, so it doesn't mean anything to me. I hope you get the win. But if I'm just being honest, I don't know if I like your chances here, Michael. Uh, good chance you get burned, homie. Good luck, though. That Austin being the realist, I love it, man. That's why you're the, you're the fucking man, Austin. Uh, Duckworth, PPR, I don't like your chances. A lot of people coming at Michael. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I, I don't either. I'm with these guys. It's it's not a great spot for you. Uh, Xavier Howard, yeah, I guess that's a good point, though, Duck. Like Xavier Howard maybe locks him down. Uh, Rudolph has two TDs last three games, so hopefully he doesn't find Juju, but you doubt it yet. It could be, could be, you know, James Conner coming for me, though. I, I hope not. We'll find out. I got Pitt D going tonight with a W in the bag. Would you drop them and pick up Wait Walton to avoid waivers? Ah, Josh, that's tough. 
It depends on how bad you need the points right now. Like, do you? Because they're in a great spot against Miami, so it's like you're probably racking up 12 points or so with Pittsburgh D. But that being said, I definitely would want to get Walton again. You're looking at a potential featured back the rest of the season here with the easiest of playoff schedules. I get he's not great. I get he was a third string back for the Bengals last year. But when you're getting 70 percent of the touches, including receiving work, uh, he's got to be owned. So if that means sacrificing the points to get him, Josh, then yeah, I would do it. Uh, but then it's like, who do you cut next week for your defense? Uh, is that, you know, why don't you just cut that person now instead and just take the points here? Devin Bush scores defensively tonight. Solid, solid call. The guy's been an absolute monster so far, Austin. Let me answer these last two questions. We'll run through the injuries, and then if you guys got any more, toss them on in here. Uh, what's L. Murray worth at this point with Kamara coming back? I would, as I, I suggested earlier, Anthony, I'd sell high if I could to the Kamara owner. You need to get your handcuff. Give me a quality wide receiver two for him, something of that nature. Gauge the value. Now, personally, I wouldn't even be my top 100 because he might get a touchdown here and there. He looked so good that maybe his work goes up a little bit moving forward, but this is going to be the Kamara show when he is back and fully healthy. So Murray is going to be relegated right to what he was beforehand, which was a at best flex if he scores. And if his owner is going to overpay, if the Kamara owner needs that handcuff, then capitalize and take advantage of it, Anthony. Uh, I'm all about selling Murray right now. Uh, if so, worth working a deal with me, LMAO, both in the same league, Wolf. Oh, is that how you found us? Uh, Austin is through Anthony. Anthony's been a long time guy. I uh, appreciate the, the league mates over here going back and forth at it. I love it. Um, let's cover these injuries for you guys real quick. Um, and then any other questions you have, Corey, you made it in time for the last section. Glad you, you came in my man. I love having you here every week. Uh, but you, you did miss a bit. So if there's anything you want me to recap, just let me know. Uh, but injuries, Chase Edmonds, uh, only gets eight yards and two receptions for five yards. Thanks, Cardinals. Another 2.5 performance, 2.7 combined points from your starting Cardinals these last couple weeks, folks. I'm glad I'm all in on them in almost every single league, literally ruining my season single-handedly right now, these Cardinals backs. Fucking assholes. But Edmonds may be out for at least a few weeks. He's doubtful for the 49ers matchup. And Tom Pelissero from NFL.com, our NFL network, saying he's going to miss a few weeks or is likely to at least. Uh, so with David Johnson expected back sooner, that means he's probably going to reassume that every now workhorse they were talking about how Edmonds is going to get more work moving forward. Now he's removed, but then they go and add Kenyon Drake. So it's like, what the hell is going on with this backfield? Uh, right when you think David Johnson can step right back in. Ultimately, I think that part of that is, you know, how do we go into a matchup with only Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner on Thursday night? Are we just literally going to wave the white flag? Or uh, do we try, you know, it only costs a fifth-round pick. I love that landing spot for Drake. I think moving forward, we're still going to see Johnson hog like 60% of the work instead of like the 80 to 90 he was. That doesn't take a toll. But I like that he'll be on the field as a wide receiver in the slot more. Um, hopefully this injury is kind of what opens the door for Drake and, and Johnson to cement themselves with Edmonds taking a distant back seat. We'll find out. If I owned Edmonds, though, I'd be dropping him at this point. After him, uh, not much to say here other than Brandon Cooks was knocked out of the game with a concussion. They do have a bye this week, so you should probably tentatively expect him back after the bye week 10. All that being said, though, he's got multiple concussions on the season. He's got some head injuries over the last couple years. 
Cooks is becoming riskier and riskier. He hasn't been doing a whole ton anyways in fantasy. Uh, I'd probably have him on my bench moving forward. Let me, let me know your options. I know bye weeks is probably going to be tough. But when Goff hasn't had time to throw, and he hasn't this year, that line's taken some serious hits. Uh, now now Goff's not, not having the time for those deep balls, those long plays to develop. It's become the Cooper Cup show. Get it out quickly. Let this guy do work. And speaking of Cooper Cup, my good God, how fucking thick is this motherfucker? Like ridiculously endowed downstairs because 220 yards and two scores, one score, whatever it was, ultimately got 36 fantasy points. Holy hell, Cooper Cup. I'm in love with you. I'm in love with Aaron Jones for what you did for me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, Cooper Cup, but not Brandon Cooks anymore. Another wide receiver that mm, you hopefully weren't using too much, but if you were, uh, D.D. Westbrook, banged up, forced from the game, <laughs> with a shoulder injury and neck issue. <clears throat> Great sneeze. Uh, and did not return, very banged up, um, and definitely questionable at best to play in London this week. Uh, and that means... So sorry, that sneeze has me thrown off. Uh, that means Chris Conley, as we mentioned, three percent owned. Even more volume could be coming his way in a cake matchup. Obviously, DJ Chark, you were rolling out anyways, but even more upside this week in a cake matchup. Maybe Irv Smith Jr., uh, a very athletic tight end, takes over some of that middle of the field work. So I, I like DD Westbrook. Uh, solid talent, but now him being removed just clears the path for a lot more um, volume for some of these other guys. Sam Darnold, thumb injury. It's going to be a matter of pain tolerance, so they say. The guy has the juiciest of schedules. Uh, we talked about Cam Newton and how great his stretch one is. Sam Darnold doesn't have a bad matchup between now and the end, whereas Newton, you got a couple more to get through, starting with Miami this next week. So Darnold, uh, it sucks that he's hurt. He's not going to be at 100%, but he made some great throws before the Adam Gase show. The only thing hampering this guy, we you know talk about our fantasy value formula. Individual talent, we've seen it. Uh, surrounding talent, he's got some good weapons. Scheme is where he's getting crushed. Volume, they've thrown plenty. Scheme is where he's getting crushed. Adam Gase sucks. He needs to get out of the league ASAP. So that's hurting Darnold, but even Gase isn't going to be able to ruin him in these plum, juicy matchups coming up down the stretch here. Uh, So Darnold, it's going to be a matter of pain tolerance with the thumb. I imagine he sticks it out and toughs it out after the whole ghost thing. He's got a lot to prove to the league. Uh, I think Darnold continues to gut it out. Maybe not quite the streamer appeal uh, that, that you once had with him because he's a little more hampered, but I still love Darnold moving forward. Last but not least on the injuries, uh, actually last and least, very least, horrible, probably the worst quarterback in the league, Joe Flacco. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. The only reason he's on here, he's going to be out week 10 with a neck stinger. You weren't using Joe Flacco. I hope to God you weren't, unless you're like Chip Duvall and you're awful to QB League, you loser. Uh, but ultimately, Joe Flacco shouldn't have been in your lineup, but what this could affect is Cortland Sutton. He's been an absolute monster. A wide receiver, I think 11 or 12 on the season. 73 yards this week, so a little bit of a down game. But now that Emmanuel Sanders is gone, the clear-cut number one, no questions asked guy here. Uh, Joe Flacco loved him. He was giving him tons of balls, feeding him weekly. Now you're going to Brandon Allen. Uh, what? Who? Huh? Huh? Brandon Allen? Anybody? Please? Someone explain to me who the fuck that is. Because uh, I certainly don't know. It could not be a good thing to Cortland Sutton. I didn't think there'd be much of a downgrade ever when you involve Joe Flacco, but I don't even know who the fuck this guy is, Brandon Allen. So maybe maybe it will be a positive because Flacco, it's, it's tough to get worse than sewage himself, but... Uh, I don't know if who Brandon Allen is and if it's going to actually get any better for Cortland Sutton. 
I consider it definitely a negative at this point for him. And now it's on to the mailbag. Any other extra questions we have in here, folks? Uh, the rest of the time is you guys, so ask away. Anything you want to know, fantasy, not, whatever, doesn't matter to me. I'm here till kickoff, so let me know what I can answer for you. Uh, did I make it? Yes, it is. Uh, I love it that you guys giving up all my secrets, Wolf. Anthony, I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, much, much appreciated. To I know it's not easy surrendering your secrets to your league mates like that. So it takes a big man, and that, I genuinely do appreciate that, my friend. Uh, Jason, thoughts on Geis supposed to return 71% available? I think he's definitely worth a stash. Uh, a lot of IR spots have had Geis stashed for a while. But we're seeing this offense, Bill Callahan, just pound, 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 pound the rock. Now, AP looks great, uh, and he's kind of turning back the clocks. But Geist is a different beast when healthy. Now, who knows if he'll ever stay healthy. It doesn't seem like it's ever going to fully put it together for this guy for a stretch of even one game. He gets hurt every single time he touches the field, which sucks because he was such a monster at LSU. Looked like a beast anytime he's been on the NFL field. But... Uh, still, all this to say, yes, he's absolutely worth stashing. He should be on the field in a matter of week 11 is the target uh, return for this guy. And with this offense becoming so run-heavy, he is absolutely worth a stash. Uh, I got to pull up real quick the running back calendar. I don't know how their schedule looks because, to be honest, I don't look at running backs for the Vikings. I mean, not for the Redskins. The Vikings, I love. Redskins, not so much. Let me look at Peterson real quick and what this schedule looks like moving forward. I mean, oh, man. They got Buffalo this week, bye week, and then it's Jets, eighth to running back, Detroit, third to running back, Carolina, middle of the road, 16, Green Bay, fifth, Philly, 28th, and New York Giants, sixth. So two top six matchups in your playoffs there. Uh, two top ten, uh, four top ten out of five or out of six weeks, so 66% is against top bottom 10 defenses here. Uh, so ultimately, a great schedule, a run-heavy offense. Yeah, Geis makes a ton of sense as a stretch there. I'm uh, glad you brought up his name, CJ. Thank you, gentlemen, Austin and Corey, for the bless you. Uh, that was quite a sneeze, so I need some blessing after this weekend. I need a ton of it. FML, I have Cooks. What a disappointment. It has been a tough one for you, Moreno. Uh, it truly is that that Cooper Cup show. He's the Rams receiver to own at this point. Crowder or Tate this week will need to flex one. Also, do you think Aaron Jones is okay? He is. He came back in, continued to rip it up, Austin, so I assume he's okay just based on how he came in and looked. Uh, great question. In terms of those other two, Eileen, I'm, is it Auden Tate? Is it Golden Tate? If it's Auden Tate, then definitely give me Crowder against Miami. They're especially vulnerable to slot wide receivers. Uh, they're one of the worst slot corners in the league. I think Crowder's going to light it up for nine catches and 100 yards. Uh, if it's Golden Tate, then it becomes a little bit different just because he's just on another level talent-wise. And him and Danny Dimes have a good connection. So let me know which one it is. Robert Moreno, McLaurin and Sutton hurting with QB issues. Cooks get a concussion. Not looking good. Oh, I know. Good talent. Uh, good natural ability all over the place. Moreno, a lot of big play threats. But yeah, QB issues, getting sinking your guys. Uh, their own injuries sinking your guys, that's tough. Uh, but let me know. You know, I think Conley a good streamer. Let me know who's out there if you're considering anyone for pickups. I'm uh, happy to help you patch together a, a lineup there. Hector, how insane is the Pats D? I still hate them. <laughs> you can hate all you want, my friend, but that defense is a season winner for fantasy, and they're going to be one of the best of all time. Just uh, The stat is so insane that they'd be 3-3, three and three, I think, if they never uh, played. Um, if they didn't play a single offensive snap and Brady just spiked it into the ground 
every single play, uh, the defense would still have this team 3-3. Three and three. Is Ridley in concussion protocol, asks Anthony. I don't know, actually. If anybody else is watching and saw any news on that, by all means, let me know because I don't know uh, if he's in concussion protocol or not. So that, that would suck if so. But they're on bye week this week anyways, so I imagine Ridley will get out of co- uh, concussion protocol before that. Okay, thanks. Yeah, Auden. Yeah, so I go Crowder there. Uh, is Auden even playing this week? Oh, you're saying for rest of season? Yeah, I still go uh, Crowder. Definitely this week coming up against Miami. But just season long, when you got A.J. Green returning, I, I do like Auden, the volume he's been seeing. But I, I think Crowder has the much better setup season long. Alrighty, folks. Well, that wraps it up for questions. We almost hit 100. I think this is a record, 87 by all means for a Monday night. So thank you guys so much for making the Monday uh, as engaging and as fun as you guys do leading into the Monday night football kickoff. I look forward to this every week. I'll be back tomorrow right around 5.30 for our Week 9 rankings show. More than halfway through the season, guys. we got to get that Week 9 win. So come on in, tune in uh, for me with the tailgate. And... uh, uh, Ultimately, I see Steven, my my guy. Didn't you watch the second half of the game? He came right in, started the second half, had a monster. Yeah, so I think you're talking about Aaron Jones. He did have that monster second half. He should be good to go. Uh, but, guys, thanks so much for the support, as always. This is the Monday Market Report, your Week 8 Fantasy Recap. We do this every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Facebook. You can find it also on the podcast, the Fantasy Fullback Dive, where we pave your path to 2019 titles. Uh, and you can get that ranking show again tomorrow. We'll, be, of course, be there for your Sunday tailgate on uh, this coming Sunday, maybe even a Thursday bonus. We got the DFS stuff. When It's just been a great season because you guys make it, so thanks so much for the support. Uh, and any type of shares and reviews, everything you can leave us to help means the world. But thank you guys so much for coming in every Monday. Uh, you guys are the best. I look forward to it every week. Thanks, guys. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.